and welcome back to Stadia Source, your number one source for Stadia news and reviews. My name is Avery, and this is the Stadia Source Roundtable Podcast, episode 54. We have got a great episode for you tonight, so let's get started. With us, as always, we have the master, the czar, the emperor and ruler of all things Stadia Source. It's our editor in chief, Mr. Dan Wheeler. How's it going, everybody? Good to see you, as always, Dan. Uh, and right below him in that box is the woman, the myth, the mystery behind all things Stadia Source branding, colors, design, marketing, logos, woodworking, circles, triangles. circles, triangles, phoenix designs. It's Scarlet Stream. <laughs> Hiya, gang of turkeys. Oh, that's an easy one. Gang of turkeys. Uh, I like it. Just, Justin's like... Okay. Uh, I'm, sure he's watched, I'm sure he's watched every episode of Stadia Source Roundtable. So every far, episode. So he knows exactly what that's for. Um, our special guest tonight has a Kickstarter where the pledge balance is climbing higher and higher into the sky every day. From Paratope, it's Justin Bocchino. Welcome to Stadia Source's Roundtable. So good to have you. Uh, so good to have you on the show. We'll give you a chance to introduce yourself in just a moment. But before we do that, did you know you can get the Stadia Source Roundtable podcast as an actual podcast? Search for Stadia Source on Spotify, Pocket Cats, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you happen to get podcasts. And if you're watching us live, we want you to be a part of the chat, especially as we have a guest here that we you, you might want to ask some questions of. Um, so be sure to say hi in the chat. And if you want to make absolutely certain we bring up your question, your comment, uh, your emoji of choice, hit that super chat button uh, or that super sticker button to show your support for Stadia Source. Last but not least, you can become a part of the Stadia Source family by hitting that join button, uh, join button bound below. That's already four <laughs> minutes into the stream. Uh, members get amazing perks from exclusive community play live streams to early access videos to Stadia Source merch. Look at that gorgeous hat on that man's head right there. Uh, so click the join button down below to learn more, become a member. Justin, so good to have you on the show tonight. Um, as as you all uh, in the audience can imagine, uh, Sky Climbers gonna be the hot topic tonight. I'm just telling you now. So um, we'll get much more into uh, Peritope and Hot Topic, but tell us about you. Tell us about your, um, you know, kind of what you do at Peritope and your gaming history and experience and uh, uh, projects that you love to talk about. So I actually started as a musician. You'll see a lot of instruments and speakers around and uh, still I'm a composer. So I compose the music for the game. But particularly my entrance to gaming came through playing games like uh, Minecraft or, for example, even like uh, older Halo games like Halo 3 where you had the Forge editor. And playing a lot of custom game modes with friends and eventually I got involved with 3D modeling. And uh, actually my path was uh, music first in an educated sense through university and then I transitioned into self-taught for Things like uh, programming and 3D modeling and texturing and uh, graphics development, uh, anything that has to do with the whole software startup side of things. But then also I really immersed myself with startup culture and the idea of a manipu not manipulating, but using tactics to create success. And that's one of the reasons that Kickstarter also became part of my entire entrance to gaming because the entire process of a Kickstarter is very much a well thought out plan that is partially based off of an intangible asset, which is the virality of a product or the, the mass adoption 
of an IP, which you can't really purchase. That's a random fact of, uh, of reality, but you can do specific things like have good rewards and price your tiers so that they're attractive to, to backers. That's a little bit of a side tangent, but really Kickstarter, game development and music have been part of my life for probably, I mean, music's been part of my life for 15 years, more like 10, at least 10 years of uh, playing the guitar. And uh, for game development, that was something the last five years we've been really involved with my, my uh, co-founder myself. Because when we first initially had the idea for this game, it was partially from a uh, custom iteration of, of a Minecraft game mode. So it was more so of, of like an ultimate idea, something that might never be possible. But we, we took a divergence from that in many different ways. For example, our 3D printing storefront, we have an urban farm. Uh, we have like our, our headquarters here where I am now, we do a development, we're hosting we're gonna be hosting servers for the game. We have we plan to do all these different things with uh, industries that have nothing to do with gaming and people become skeptical because we, we're only two people, we've been working on it for so long. So uh, with all of those side tangents put together, at the end of the day, I'm really just someone who really likes games that for, make you forget that you're playing a game and that always comes from a seamless integration of the entire world being the music all the way to the back end with the way the mechanics work and with the, the interface with the game. So that's um, my journey in game development in a nutshell there. Very cool. Uh, yeah, certainly a, a varied approach uh, to this, but uh, I, it's always fun to find folks who um, kind of like – I see a thing, I'm going to attack it from all angles. I'm going to come at it from everywhere to make sure I have a mastery of it. So that's really cool. Uh, well, we are going to learn more about what uh, Paratope is up to with that particular... There's like a project that you guys have been doing, I'm to understand, uh, something about a game. We'll talk about that in just a little But before we do, <laughs> we'll get to uh, the Stadia News of the Week, and we'll kick off with a uh, the, what we uh, normally start with, which is a discussion of what we've been playing uh, this week, Stadia or otherwise, if you haven't been playing on Stadia. Um, and so I think I went first last week, so we'll start in reverse order today uh, with Miss Scarlett. Uh, Carla, what's been on your Stadia? Uh, what's been on your playlist, Stadia or otherwise? Um, I have been playing a little bit of Dungeons, Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, just when we have the chance, my husband and I play a round or two. Um, trying to get those ancient hunts done. Um, and I really like Pokemon Cafe. Don't judge me. It's an adorable game, mm -hmm. and you don't get to judge me. <laughs> No judgment, no judgment here. here. No. <laughs> I played stacks on stacks on stacks on a 12-hour marathon. I can't oh, judge yeah. anybody on their game choices ever. <laughs> I love stacks on stacks. It's so much fun. The best part is at the end when you get to wreck everything. With the weird worm that just comes Yeah. Out. <laughs> very odd game. That's very odd game. Uh, Justin, what's been on your playlist, Stadia or otherwise? Sky Climbers. Been playing a lot of Sky Climbers. <laughs> what? Mazukai! Mazukai. <laughs> yeah, but uh, seriously, I've been playing it uh, pretty much every day because that's how we make the gameplay videos and everything. So, yeah. Very cool. Uh, very, very cool. Dan, what's been on your playlist, Stadia or otherwise? So, I... I actually did some gaming today, to be fair, but the only reason I kind of jumped on was because I've just recently purchased this. 
Ooh. What is that? Game Sir X2. Is that from Alienware? I don't actually know, to be fair. Um, because I thought, <laughs> no, I'll you the box. I thought that Alienware made a really high-end mobile device. Oh, no, it's what, not. What no. does that say? What does that brand it say? Is, it is from a Hong Kong company called Game Sir. Sir. Yeah. Love that. You know what I have? Right here. I have this, I have a similar. It's got it's got red and blue on it. Yeah, it's like the Nintendo Switch, yeah. Yeah. This is so this is actually the base. I don't know if the autofocus will work here, but this is the base prototype for our custom controller that we got nice. from Hong Kong. We got this from Hong Kong as well. And this is a very standard Bluetooth format. So we're essentially gonna strip down the PCB from this and then implement it in a custom housing that we 3D print. So we're going to very cost-effectively be able to produce thousands of these things. Nice. Cool wings. Nice. May have to add that on at the end of the, <laughs> the, end of the campaign. But, yeah, well, this, um, this obviously plugs into the USB port. And mm. you, can, you can charge it as well whilst you're playing. Um, Is it USB-C? Yes. Nice. Um, no, uh, it's it's uh, USB Type A. It's female to male, and it's a huge. Oh part. man, everything just needs to be USB C. Let's be honest. Serial port, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been using it for a little bit today. Um, the only thing I would say about it, which is a little bit confusing, is like, and I, you're probably not gonna be able to see this, but like, no, you're not. The the, <laughs> the A button is there, so okay. it should be here. So they've kind of swapped. They've almost rotated oh. it ninety degrees. Isn't that the 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 switch does it that way where it's A B mm -hmm. where it's yeah. no it's, it's A on the bottom, isn't it? No, the switch is here and that's that's oh it is, isn't it? Oh it is, isn't it? No wonder I'm always so confused when I switch but to the so Xbox. The <laughs> Xbox is A B, where yeah. the switch is A B. And the stadia is that as well. So I mean I was yeah. able to play Destiny. Did you just say the stadia? The stadia controller, I meant to Okay. Say. But it's A. <laughs> um, <laughs> Welcome back um, to the Stadia source. <laughs> but obviously, in most games, you can remap the controller anyway. So I was able to play Destiny 2 by just remapping some of the controls around a little bit. Um, but other than that, yeah, it worked absolutely fine how you'd expect it to work. It just felt like you were holding a controller. Um, I also downloaded just to test it because I, I was at work. Well, I just finished work and I'd gone to pick it up from the place where they dropped it off. And I was like, I don't really want to be using my mobile data while I'm out and about to play Stadia. So I downloaded like Sonic 2. From the Android store and played it on there, obviously. Yeah, um, <laughs> totally out of also, character for Dan. <laughs> and also, Sonic Three mobile port, which is a little secret that's not officially on the app store. So. Um, and I played a little bit of that. So yeah, Sonic One, uh, Sonic Two, Sonic Three, and Destiny is what I've been playing. Very fun. Oh yeah, speaking Very speaking good. of other phone games, real quick because this is fun. Um, I like to replay a game called Inosha Four. And if anybody here likes ye old style, like Octopath Traveler, all that good stuff, Enosha 4. Check that one out. Sonic Source. There you go, Eli. That's who we're going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember those games. It was like Enosha and Zenonia were the two, like, mobile RPG yeah. action y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Enosha 4 is fantastic. Very fun. Anyway, uh, uh, well, as for me, I actually played something on Stadia this week. What? Mm. It's only been like two weeks since I last played a Stadia game. Uh, actually, I looked. I actually went to Google uh, the my account area, and it had been eighteen days. 
Oh. That's probably not good for the host of a Stadia-based podcast. Uh, so we had a... <laughs> I won't be looking at my, my oh, info. Yes. So. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably non-ideal. It's funny you say that because when we were VR developers for years, we did VR development as our primary bread and butter for other companies. And I never used the VR. After, after the first three months of having the VR, I loved it. And then once I started doing it, and I had to do it laboriously, I wouldn't want to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when you work at a restaurant, you're like, no, 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 I can't eat cheesesteaks yeah. ever again because that's all right. I've been cooking for. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that's my excuse. That's my excuse. I play too much Stadia, and now I don't well, want to – I don't know. Yeah, that's a good excuse. I would say that for VR, and, and I know one of the questions we're going to get into is to do with VR and – Really, the thing with VR is that the user retention time is not almost never exceeds one hour, and even more rarely exceeds two to four hours. And that's so prohibitive for a product that really thrives on sustained playtime, like a game. Yeah, I, I desperately want uh, an Oculus Quest Two at some point in my future. Uh, we're about to buy a house, and so that might be a possibility, honey. You're in the chat, so I'm just saying, everybody in the chat, tell Liz that when we move, I get a Quest Two. Uh, and so, but even then, I'm like Beat Saber for about 30 minutes, and then I'm good. I, I'll make you a wall I'm holder gonna... for it. You can have a fancy. See, movie. you've you've seen it, right? You've seen the one that I made, I, right? I have. Yeah. So I get fancy things. So, uh, but I did play. We had a nice little Stadia Source uh, internal game night game oh, thing yeah. on um, Saturday, and we played some Outcasters, and we played Bomberman, and we played Secret Neighbor which was uh, weirdly fun. It's the slightly child version of Among Us plus Dead by Daylight. It's a very interesting, um, very interesting combo. Uh, <laughs> Add those games to my previously played as well. Yeah, yeah apparently uh, <laughs> me getting a quest is not a top priority at all for my lovely wife. Uh, but everybody <laughs> in the chat seems to be encouraging. Um, the, uh, except for Eli. Eli, fight for me. Fight for me, Eli. <laughs> We need to bring Eli on to here. Yes. No, you're not allowed until you advocate for me to get a switch. All right. Uh, uh, but other than that, um, it has been a lot of uh, it has been a lot of Final Fantasy 14, just nonstop, nonstop. I finally got to the end of the uh, the 2.0 ARR content. Um, I'd been there before. I knew it was coming. No spoilers for anybody who plays Final Fantasy. But the end of that first major story arc, and you're like, no! And I knew it was coming, and there was nothing I could do to stop it, because you even you get to, for, for those who have not played this, you get to this point where they're like, it's the end of the arc, and so it's nothing. So you click on this person, and it's like, you are about to enter a series of non-skippable cutscenes that will last an extended period of time. Are you sure you want to continue? You're okay, like, but like Final Fantasy is ridiculous that way. <laughs> like, what are you about to do to me? And so I hit go on it at like seven thirty, and I wasn't done till eight thirty, and I hadn't even pressed a thing on the keyboard. It was just a wow. half hour. Um, wow. It's good stuff. Like it's 
you know, so I got a, I got a lot of that game ahead of me. But I did I did play Stadia. I did. Um, unfortunately, I broke my promise to play any of the uh, pro games, which is literally the next thing we're going to talk about. But that's okay. Uh, I'll play them. I swear. I'll play them this weekend. I promise. I promise all of you. Hold me accountable. I'll ask you next week. That's what I've been playing. So let's get into the news of the week. We've had a lot of Stadia news uh, this week. Bits and pieces. New games and good stuff like that course biggest thing in the stadia universe this week is that all of the march pro games got uh released so we got four games released to pro pixel jug raiders a stadia exclusive uh, avici and vector reigns and pac-man mega tunnel battle um did, has anybody had an opportunity to jump in and play any of these yet so this is probably one of the few months where i've actually claimed every game what <laughs> I'm excited. I'm actually excited to to try out um, Pixel Junk because people are just having so much fun with it. Um, Avicii feels a lot like Thumper, so I'm, I might play it like twice and then be done. Reigns, I literally know nothing about. So, yeah. Reigns and is tender for the medieval age of being a king. You literally swipe left and swipe right on decisions you would make as a king. My lord, should we go to war with the Western? Yes, no. I, you know what? I'm going to try it now. Tinder for <laughs> it's tender um, for medieval simulation management. <laughs> I like I like Pac-Man. I like ye old original Pac-Man. So I probably won't touch that one. But I did claim it because I may. This is one that I actually might play. So therefore, I have claimed all four games. Well, Pac-Man's a classic, isn't it? You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you given any of these a try, Dan? So we, play, I... we all played Pac-Man during the demo, but... So, I mean, I jumped in to Pixel Junk Raiders for all of about five minutes. Um, it was to test out a feature that I have told people about this week, um, and that is the new State Share feature on Stadia Source. Um, which yeah, yeah. Things Dan added to the website that he didn't tell anyone about. Woo! If you give me, like, two seconds, I will bring it up <laughs> on my screen so you can see it. So, you didn't sing it, Dan. Ooh. <laughs> you got singing last week. Yes. <laughs> but um yeah, so the idea being is that obviously people can share their states here as well. Um it does the website does all of the like thumbnail and what game it is and stuff like that. You just have to fill in a description of what it's about. So you know I mean if you if you if you want to say what it is the mission involves or what you're up against or what you have to do to complete it, you can write it in there and then obviously people can give it a thumbs up or a thumb well, an upvote or a downvote. Nice. There's all sorts of sorting options, and you can just hit play, and it takes you straight to Stadia, and you can play that version. So um, I jumped into that just to test it to make sure it works and to get the free <laughs> achievement that you get with it. So, But that's all I've played of these. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, uh, and that's true. Eli's reminding me in the chat that Dan did announce this feature when uh, when when Hit, Hitman launched. So whatever. Yeah, but I added a load of new stuff to it. Like As of yesterday, you yeah. can sort it and filter it um, and all sorts of of extra things that I wrote on Twitter, so yeah. there you go. So Justin, if if uh, Sky Climbers incorporates any of those Stadia enhanced features, the SEFs, you might have you might have your states right there. You do share states. That'd be fantastic. There's more features on the website as well, but you'll have to wait and find out. So fantastic. <laughs> oh no, I was just looking at what you were doing there. Uh, sorry, I have to look at the laptop screen, but I was looking at what you were doing there and. Those are some of the most attractive features that a developer or publisher like ourselves can look at from Stadia and say it's objectively superior than any other platform. 
Very, very cool. Uh, and we'll, we will, let's make sure we ask you about that when we get to the, yeah. Uh, I have not, of course I played, um, I played Reigns before I played it on Switch or I downloaded it on my Android phone at some point. Um, and it's fine. I did, I like, I like, I like medieval stuff in general. I haven't had need to swipe on Tinder for a while. Love you. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it sparks that, that, uh, that, uh, rush of, of endorphins or whatever else. Um, and so, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's fun. I, I was terrible at it because it was like, oh yeah, I totally want to buy more bread. And they're like, the Raiders come and steal all your, like, well, I just bought bread. <laughs> I just thought I wanted to do was buy some bread. Um, so whatever. Um, and I did play the, uh, I played Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle the first time around during the demos um and Same. and i've seen a couple of folks have mentioned that it, the game feels a little more polished um than than the demos which of course they've had four more months to do it or whatever else um and it feels a little more slick so um i will get back in there maybe we'll do um now that everybody can play pac-man but there's still no mechanism to like group is there like you're still just putting in a random seed so i would totally resurrect playground for a sunday <laughs> But if I can't get anybody in, I guess depending on the number of people playing, you'd all end up together anyways. But um, yeah, we'll find out. Uh, other than that, I'll give the other two a try. I mean, I claimed them. I claimed them. I actually did log into Stadia to claim these games. So oh, yeah. you know, I did, uh, and I, I claim them all. So <laughs> uh, We also got a couple of new games released this week already, including... Oh, Justin, did you have you played any of these in the past, or have you jumped onto Stadia and played any of these currently i don't know if you would i'll i'll be very sadly honest with you guys i haven't done any gaming in a, in a while other than playing sky climbers and, and testing <laughs> yeah. it i mean if i'm gonna play a game i'll casually hop into like warzone with a couple of friends or i'll hop yeah. into you know that's not like warzone's not on stadia right i mean it's not on stadia i don't think not yet that's no, so why I have not to go to yet, that. that. But like, yeah. honestly, that's really the only game I've played recently casually. The other games that I would play, like in longer play sessions, would be like Minecraft or Northgard, neither of which are on Stadia. But I really, I haven't been gaming much at all recently. That's okay. Unfo I'm there perfectly understandable. It's unfortunate, yeah. but true. Perfectly understandable. Uh, well, if you did want to play a game, you could play Monster Jam Steel Titans 2, uh, or it came from space and ate our brains, which Dan should, or whoever added the banners, because it wasn't me this week, I think it was Dan, should or should all be lowercase, because they're doing the E.E. E. Cummings thing, where they it, just, it nobody... Depends, it came from space. Anyway. On the Stadia store, it does have capitals, so... Does it? Oh, they mm. fail. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, hey, brand new games, and somebody did the math in the past... Seven days, and I think this was yesterday that they commented, they had added nine games to the platform. So extrapolate further from there. If they kept that pace up, we'd have 450 games released this year. Oh, they obviously whoa, whoa, whoa. are not going to keep that pace up. Whoa, whoa. I see. We don't. I don't think we want Stadia to become Steam, do we? That is the kicker in the key. So Stadia has a very curated library i don't think anybody yep. can, can i mean curated both because they only accept certain games um, yep. high quality games from developers as dedicated as Piratope. uh oh, and you. because there's a there's a lift you gotta get the game on there you can't just do shovelware uh, like steam does so i'm right there with you if 450 games launch this year and 200 of them are those crappy chemco rpgs that you see on your phone or, or like sh shovelware hentai 
<laughs> Five different simulators, whatever. Card game. Yeah, like I don't care about any of that, and I don't want those on this platform. There's a there's an audience for everything, do but you, at a certain point, do you think that we'll get something that is more mobile based? That's like things out and not let the water out and the lava. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, because <laughs> you can play games on Stadia on your phone. Do you think there will ever be somebody who comes onto Stadia and says, "Mine is a mobile first game that could be played with a mouse and keyboard, but is mobile first. Do you think that might be so right now, like a Nosha four? Like Stadia doesn't support touch. It supports touch controls, but it mm -hmm. doesn't support actual touch. Somebody yes. who's downloaded and played Reigns, tell me if you can physically swipe on the screen. Because I don't think you can on your phone. Because well, I'm assuming you know, when you, when you play with controller, controller, you you swipe with your with your joint with your right, sticks, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Interesting. But I think uh, the large majority of the mobile games probably like they're not powerful. In, well, they're not powerful enough to need Stadia. Like you could. Just yeah, and they already have Google Play them. Store. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just thought. Just an interest, interesting. I mean, play. Bejeweled on Stadia? Why not? Okay, I but I love Bejeweled, so. I mean, they probably I do love Bejeweled. <laughs> they do have, like, the, the fancy ports of them, like the, the Xbox Live Arcade versions and stuff like that. Yeah. From, from I don't know. It'll be interesting. Let's see what happens. No, Bejeweled. hentai games are not coming to Stadia, Eli. No, not a thing. Not a thing. I mean, we have had Bomberman, Pac-Man. Oh, going, Senpai! So. No. <laughs> no. uh, so uh, I will say Monster Jam Steel Titans not in my wheelhouse not a game that I am even remotely vaguely interested in I know this um, is on Anthony's radar because the first one didn't have multiplayer on it whereas this one does so no doubt he's probably challenged a whole bunch of people at this already and <laughs> we'll have Steel Titans beef coming up soon um, he'll stick uh, a cowboy hat on his giant killer yeah just for, for justin we usually have uh we usually have someone on the show called anthony who wears a cowboy hat and he likes to challenge everybody that he possibly can in games um it's it's a lot of fun but he couldn't there would be, be a sky climbers fun. beef by the end of the by the end of the show yeah if you can he put has some like, sort of like competition thing in it i'm sure there is anyway but just literally has a beef with everybody except me which i find hilarious yeah <laughs> because you're wonderful Oh, hey, he uh, uses EOS webcam utility as well. Sweet. Yeah. High five. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, well, hopefully, do we still have you audio? Can you hear me? Yes. We yes. can hear you. Okay. I'm switching batteries. Sorry. Switching batteries. No worries. No worries. You need to get one of those uh, plug-in ones. I will send you a link on please. Discord of the one that I use. Please do. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> You're fine. You're good. Uh so uh, yeah, but it came for space and eight. Our brains is on my on my interest list, but it's also like twenty bucks, so it's just gonna be pro. Uh, and who is it? Somebody commented in the chat that I got it right. Uh, yes, Eli again. I predicted. I predicted Pac Man and Reigns were going pro, and I was right. Reigns so, was one of mine though, but you stole it. So <clears throat> that doesn't count if you didn't does. do the thing. No, it doesn't count at all. Um, Give the autofocus a second. <laughs> We have Justin, who is a cryptid in the far woods, coming to us. Dude, his mom impression. The, mis <laughs> the mystery of, of uh, the studio. Uh, there we go. We have your Sorry hand. about that. Perfect. You're good. Uh, oh, we are. It is focused on your speaker 
and your keyboard oh. right now. <laughs> it does not like you. Manually do it or something. Live so podcasting. That's a sweet folks. speaker that is. That's <laughs> a nice speaker. Is that a uh, is that a Korg? Is that a Triton? Or is that a uh, what do you got back there? That is a Yamaha HS10. Can you see nice. me now? Am I clear now? Yes, you are clear. You're, you're coming in clear. You are coming All in right, clear. All right, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm a motif series guy myself when it comes to Yamaha. Uh, but, you know, everybody has their uh, things they like. Uh, <laughs> former music majors. Um, so – uh let's what else did i want to get rid let's of move on. Okay. Let's, we're gonna move on uh but hey more games launching more 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 games launching saints row the third coming tomorrow scarlet i know this is nowhere near <laughs> your wheelhouse like no. nowhere when they, when they announced that you could use a giant purple marital device as a weapon in this game i'm like this is not on scarlet's radar not at all no no, no. i'm not even gonna ask I'm just, I'm just gonna. See, pretend. I can't wait to literally run around naked, well, fly around the city naked to Hadaway's What Is Love, um, on repeat. It's probably my favorite. We're not, we're not making that a YouTube short. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, just got pixelated. <laughs> but... There's a jo- there's a joke there that I'm also gonna skip. Uh, but we'll also get a copyright strike if you do that. So you can't do that. You can't, or we're gonna claim. Um, that well, is okay. Well, I'll just mute the audio, but you'll see my camera in the bottom. Just go. Like that. Da, 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 da. And you'll know what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is not a game on my list either. It looks funny and. and it's like an absurd GTA. And... It's like if you took yeah. GTA to the absurd. It's not even a word. To the most absurd degree that you possibly can. Like, it's, it's, it's fun, especially when you get all the powers. Like, because obviously you can kind of fly around, like, you can swing on. Sp- stuff like spider-man and superman and i don't know if you guys ever played a game called prototype back in the day on xbox oh that was a sick game yeah you gained all these powers that like you could like manipulate your body so that you could run through yes and just send them flying and stuff like that yeah that game didn't perform very well didn't sell very well but a very innovative it was almost like a war class you would play and you could transform all these different uh deoxys like forms that would allow you to have a big arm or like big legs, and you could destroy parts of the environment. Really cool game. Yeah, it's like you closest I've ever come to one of those kinds of games is like APB Reloaded on Steam. Oh, you <laughs> I, heard played, I played the heck out of the game with my. <laughs> we would just like dance around in circles and then like shoot people and run away. <laughs> yeah. I get it. The more. Every just Scarlet's inner violent streak just comes out more and more every show. And Eli never leaves it alone. Every time he comes in, he's he always quotes me. I have no, I don't mind killing people. You're so <laughs> sneaky, and you don't mind killing people. That's what we love. You're an assassin. You are an, that's you. If the Assassin's Creed didn't have so much vulgarity in it, that, that would be a perfect series for you. <laughs> yeah, actually, it would. <laughs> uh, uh, also. Yeah, uh, Justin, did you ever get a chance to play any of the Saints Row games anywhere near uh, your radar? I played Saints Row, I think three or two. I don't remember which one. I played a little bit of that. Not too much Saints Row. More, I played a fair amount of GTA. I played a lot of GTA Four on uh, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Hmm. I, I never played GTA Three for our PS Two. My brother played that a lot. I used to think Saints Row was just the poor man's GTA, like. 
You know when you say like, "Mom, can I have yeah. a game? What, what would you like?" GTA she comes back with Saints Row. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I brought you a Saints Row. Oh, what is this thing you're playing? Oh God! I know, yeah. but then I, I, it's. I didn't like the first one. I loved the second one. Played that with one of my friends ages and ages ago. Played it to death, and then uh, the third one. I, it, it was just one of those things that I just liked to mess around. I didn't actually follow the storyline on it because um, I think the storyline is absolutely absurd, atrocious. It's just like is, you're is the that president the game of that the you would USA. Play? So there's that that guy that you invited to my 12-hour stream that just sat there on Human Fall Flat all day just no, it wasn't being obscene. It just seems like the perfect kind of game you would play with him. I, no, it actually wasn't. Infinite, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. It's fine. It's fine. Uh... So, uh, other games, kind of in that uh, in that same vein, we've got, or uh, not in that same vein, I'm sure the developers of Kaze and the Wild Masks would not like the comparison to uh, Saints Row. Uh, we now have another game that is a smaller profile game that is on pre-order now. So, so Justin, pre-orders are have not been widely used on Stadia. I think there, there are a multitude of... of uh, uh, Suppositions is not the word that I want, but a multitude of theories as to why that is the case. Part of it being, well, they don't charge you until the game goes live, and there's nothing to download. So if you just click buy and play, you're playing in 30 seconds. So why yeah. do you need a pre-order? Right. But there have been a handful of games that have come out on pre-order, and it's usually the big ticket games like Cyberpunk, um, and Far Cry, yes. New Dawn, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and so uh, so this Kazi and the Wild Masks is a Stadium Makers game. It's it's one of, it'll be one of your cousins in the Stadium Makers programs, um, and it's it's more of like a twenty thirty dollar game. What's the I think what is it currently thirty I think on pre-order? Yeah, Dan, you run a website that has these. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we so to see a game on the smaller side also get um also get yeah, added get some to the, promotion. Get yeah. some promotion and marketing support from Google is, is excellent to see. Uh in fact, I'm going to hit view on Stadia store and I'll tell you exactly what the pre-order value is. It is currently oh, pre-ordering at it's not letting it won't let me pre-order. Interesting. Mm -hmm. but, no, then the, I, but the page is still there. That's weird. Well, it's you coming out in three weeks anyway. I don't know. With, with pre-orders, there has to be, like, a decent enough of an incentive for me. Like, with, like, more than just, like, a hat. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, that, I think, for example, for us, with our roadmap, we may do a pre-order with a free first addition to Season Pass or something like that. That would yeah. be fun. Because yeah. then you're getting in and you're getting a $10 item, basically. Yeah. Because the season pass is going to be ten dollars every quarter, and the trick the trick for us is can we actually implement a season pass in the first delivery window, the first quarter? Yeah. If we can, if we can actually do that, then that'll also make sense for Pro, because with Pro we were going to have to have a different monetization structure. It's a very important thing that they stress when I talk to Kirk is the whole monetization structure of your game, so that Pro doesn't become a monetary loss for both parties. Sorry, there's a little bit of a rant there. there no, <laughs> no, we 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 are all about the inside baseball on Stadia here. Like that's totally. I just saw I just saw Scarlet give the mom stare of death. So I'm assuming you've had a visitor in your studio. I just saw you go. 
No, I, I heard like, it downstairs, and it was more a look of con mom look of concern. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's either it's either too loud or too quiet. There's too a loud. Way, that's where it gets. That's where it gets <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but Kaze <laughs> looks super super fun. It very much reminds me of like the Super Nintendo platformers. I was a huge fan of like Bubsy and Sonic, or Bubsy was and Sonic, and all those platformers. Um, and this one kind of has got like the monster boy thing going on where you can get different masks, even different power ups. And it's got the, which is also, I guess, the Majora's mask thing. Um, so this one, hit all by the, it is no Crash Bandicoot. Sorry, Jim. Uh, but uh, <laughs> one, of our, one of our good friends in the chat is a Crash Bandicoot mega fan. Uh, yes, $29.99 bundle pre order. With the bundle, you get pre order skins and the game. So, yeah, I get skins. I don't, I've never been a person motivated by skins and or achievements or any of the collectible type things. I'm, I'm the weird, I'm the person that's motivated by like, in Assassin's Creed, when there are 7,000 dots on the map and you get rid of the dots by finding them, that mm. motivates me. Like, just getting the hats. Even though, I will say, the more I get into Final Fantasy playing that again, like I'm like, ooh, I like that hat. Oh, no, I just got a new hat, and I have to get rid of the hat I liked. Oh, wait, no, I don't. Glamour system. So, I'm guessing guess you've never I, played Crackdown, then. I did play Crackdown. I just did didn't you care have to about... find all the things... <laughs> I, all the little bubble, yeah, it's like add the little points to your good going agent. You found the you're gonna jump higher now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. It's cute. It's thirty bucks. It's thirty bucks. So again, that's good, that's good to see a know, game that's. Oh, go ahead, Scarlet. No, uh, so we just have we have a, a general idea that the lower price games usually end up becoming pro. So a lot of people end up holding off for a while and don't buy just because they wonder if it's going to be a pro game. But I think thirty for itself is is kind of pushing the envelope of fifty fifty. Um, yeah. Usually, usually twenty or under, we're yeah. like that's going to go pro at some point. They're going to yeah. they, they launched it for pay. It's going to go pro. If it's 20 or under 30s on the line. And then we've only ever had one game more expensive than that go totally pro. And that was F1 2020, which yeah. was a $60 game that went totally pro, but it's a two year old game at that point. So, you know, it's but like, game. you know, there's also like, you know, if, even if it's a game that's like 10 bucks, if it's like 10 bucks, it's like, I'm going to show my support anyway and give him my 10 bucks. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, why not? Like Uno ultimate. Yeah. I bought that. It was also on sale for like four bucks. So <laughs> why not? Show your support for that struggling indie developer, Ubisoft. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, come play Uno with me is what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here, guys. Scarlet, Uno stream as soon as she gets back in to, to Radio Yes. Home. Yes. Um, Whenever that happens. Uh, well, you know, hey, more the more games, the merrier. It looks cool. I'll play it. Whether it's free or at some point, I might actually just request a key. I, we haven't requested stream keys in a while. I might just do a first look of Kazi. There you go. Yeah. Hey, can I? Yeah. <laughs> get on on that. Um, what else is happening? A bunch of games have gotten, uh, several games have gotten rated. Uh, MotoGP 21, always good to see uh, more more uh, sequels to games and stuff. And Darksiders 2, Definitive Edition. I love uh, it. Good the, I when love I saw it. that the first time, I only saw it in our headline in my RSS feed. Um, I hadn't <laughs> seen the graphics. So I'm like, oh, Lee, did you misspell Definitive? <laughs> oh, ouch, that's embarrassing. And then I saw that he didn't. So I'm like, okay, you're good. 
our, our news our news manager is great spelling. He's, he's, he's wonderful. Uh, so, second game in the Darksiders series to launch with us. We already had Darksiders Genesis. Now we're getting Darksiders 2, definitive. Um, any of the Darksiders... I played Genesis. Um, it's a twin-stick, uh, looter-shooter kind of game, uh, isometric. Um, and I enjoyed it fairly well. I played probably three, four hours of it. Um, but then another game launched and I played that and stopped playing Darksiders and I haven't gone back uh, because I just don't, it's terrible. I don't circle back, but um, good to see more games from the same series launching on the platform. Cause at some point somebody's like, if you play this, you might want to play this. And that kind of works. Um, is so anybody I'm, given? I'm happy that, that Darksiders, um, well, I mean, we've had Darksiders 3 been rated as well for Stadia, but that's, that was rated ages and ages ago. And usually when we get a rating, they tend to come out like, not long afterwards, if you know what I mean. So um, I'm a little bit cautious to when or if that's going to be coming out anytime soon. But MotoGP was another one because obviously we've got MotoGP 20 on Stadia. And when this was originally announced, it didn't have any Stadia logos on it anywhere. And like we, we kind of, I think some of us have got into this mindset that we're going to get every version of a game that comes out now if there's already one on Stadia, which... I mean, theoretically makes sense, but it's not a guarantee. Like, so happy to see this one finally get a rating, even if it's something I'm not going to play. But I'm just waiting for Madden 2007 to come out on the platform. That's all I want. Is, <laughs> you know, uh, either of these games on your radar, Justin? Did you ever play any of the Dark Siders games? I uh, no, haven't played the Dark Siders games. Uh, I, I would say that. Unfortunately, I'm not as in tune as I should be with what games are coming out on every platform. I really am not. Uh, I end up, the competition, man. Yeah, I end up getting more uh, tunnel vision just looking at our because our our community has kind of consumed my entire being. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like every second is just uh, dedicated to responding and providing for the community. So I've I've been sapped of any ability to connect with. The, the mainstream, but I, I'll, I'll have to do better of that. Hopefully if I come on again next time, I'll have played some games on Stadia. I mean, that's sort of how I feel with like Stadia Source. I mean, I, I sometimes I'm faced with like, I've got, I've got a couple of hours free. Do I play a game or do I build something for the website or? Right, you know, right. It, it never ends so. because anytime you have four hours set aside, you're going to go, well, I could do a 3D model. Or you know, mm. I could update the uh, the roadmap, or I could do some programming. This is various things. I understand this pain so much. <laughs> I could be doing this, but I'm a one person, so I could also do this or this. Yeah. There's no and ever. Yeah. Right, right. So I mean, it, it kind of looks a little bit bad when we all come on Stadia Source, like the podcast. Like, what have you played this week? <laughs> Absolutely no nothing. Stadia whatsoever. Not a damn thing. We are still engaging in everything. Stadia, but just not the actual games themselves. So, well, it's also people to play games on Stadia. I don't have to play them. That's what my stream team's for. <laughs> well, also, I, as you guys are pointing out, I mean, it's it's just such a new platform. It takes time for it to maturing in a lot of popular games for people who want to play. So, I think that it's very reasonable for for someone who even is a Stadia uh, adopter and is very optimistic about the platform to not play it that much yet. Because the library is not that big. 
And if you've already played a thing, uh, for when when Stadia came, first came out, I had my my last console before Stadia was the PlayStation Two, so mm. I had not played anything in a decade. Like oh, I played, wow. like my whole thing is just like cheap flash games on Congregate. That was the whole thing I ever played. So to to then actually get to play like Stadia, Stadia, Stadia games, um, and like the first game I I bought was Final Fantasy 15. It had been out wow. for like five years, but it was the yes. only the only Final Fantasy game I'd never played in the, wow. in the numerical series. And I was like, oh, Stadia makes that a possibility. So yeah, the first that's one amazing. I played, the first one I bought. First one I played was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But um, that's still pretty amazing, though, that you went from the PS2 to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I mean, just in terms <laughs> of technology and graphics and AI, you're like you're going from a whole different world there. They went from like square characters to, to like, <laughs> <laughs> Final yeah. Fantasy VII, where your where your fist is shaped like a ball, a ball. <laughs> right, right. On the end of a so that's that's one of the biggest benefits to Stadia is you access uh, an entire community of a player base that you would never access if it weren't for the whole cloud infrastructure platform. In, in, the integration, the user, the seamlessness, the ability to not have to download games, to not own hardware, it, it's the future. It's already here. But you heard it straight from the developer's mouth. The same. Um, I can't believe you phrased this this way, uh, but I'm going <laughs> to click on the label. The, the Terraria versus Google beef has been squashed. This, this is why we don't let Dan do banners. I was, when I was writing that, I was like, I know he's going to point fun at that. And I, I, oh, yeah. I left it in anyway, so it was oh, worth yeah. it. No. Why no. squash and uh, not squished? I, Asking the real question. I think, I, think I look at squashed as pushed down. I look at squished as like a single thing got squished, whereas a situation got squashed. Avery pulling an explanation out of his butt. Tell us what you prefer. Um, so, for those of you who've been living under Terraria, a, a small pixelated rock that you, you put in a world. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the developers behind Terraria got their account back and they're back on Stadia and everything's fine. Like, we always knew it was going to be like. It's so fine. the next real question, has he done the right thing and made a separate account for all of his business communications like a smart person would? Solve the underlying problem. Uh, yeah. As, you hate as to a, see it. I'll go. I was going to say that you always see this with indie devs. They use their name. Even look at No Man's Sky. If you look at No Man's Sky's Twitter, it's Sean Murray. Does that make any sense to anyone? Why does it say, if I want to tweet at No Man's Sky's official game account, I at Sean Murray. That doesn't make any sense. It's unprofessional. It's highly egotistical. It's egocentric. And it means that the developer is not committed to letting go of their personal ego Twitter to just get a new Twitter account with the right name or even just change the name. I mean, it, it takes five seconds. You click settings, you change the at, and you're done. I mean, I've got about 103 subscribers on my personal YouTube. I don't really ever put anything on it anymore. It's just a dumping ground. But, like, I could have made the Stadia Source YouTube just that and started off with 100 subscriber heads. Uh -huh. but yeah, but as you point? found, I mean, you guys are doing fantastic on YouTube. You have, what, almost one, one almost 2K subs? That's fantastic. 1.69. 1.69. 1.69. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. I mean, and and the the beauty is that when you start fresh, you have the opportunity to have a clean slate and not have older, less polished versions of whatever your your web development was. That people are going to go, oh well, this Stadia source looks cool, but look at this old video; it's not that good. We have that happen with the game where someone pulls up an old video of like a prototype, and they're like, oh well, what's this? You know, so it always comes back to to uh, remind your 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 viewers your your community of like the the passwords can be a good thing but in general the whole that's kind of a side tangent the whole thing with terraria is is done by many indie devs i even see kickstarters where the kickstarter is you look at well who's responsible for the kickstarter it says like someone's name that doesn't that's not a great representation for the backers because the backers aren't backing a person they're backing a project with it with assuming multiple people or a team behind it this is a whole business strategy um we're going to go into a small business tangent here. Uh, oh, the separation of identity from service. You'll often come across stores that are like um, Justin's Auto Shop. It's like, great. Okay, so it's Justin's Auto Shop and Justin does auto stuff. But when people come to Justin's Auto Shop and say, Justin, you suck. Well, <laughs> that's because they're connecting the service to Justin, not the service to the actual service. So if right. it was just the auto shop, then they could come in and say, the service was terrible. Let's fix it. And then it's a little less personal yep. because people come in and want to attack the person, not the actual business, which doesn't improve anything. So exactly. That's a perfect hence, way to hence put the it. Business name, doing business as. Yes. And, and you even see that happen with the whole no man's sky disaster was that Sean Murray personally said so many things about the game and he had such a personal investment in how people were viewing his game that it ended up getting out of control. So that's why we keep a very thick wall between our personal lives and the game. We don't even have personal Twitter accounts. We have no interest in building up like a personal following just to float my ego. It has no meaning to us. Instead, we'd rather remain anonymous and use a brick wall of, a, of the company and the brand and the community itself to make sure that no one, really no one gets to that point. We never want to get to that point with our community where someone is viciously attacking us out of anger or something, or, we, or we're really upset with some individual. And the best way to do that is making this simple change. All of your accounts are company accounts. All of your accounts are brand accounts. No one uses personal accounts to update the public on what you're doing. I mean, we've seen that in the political sphere be a nightmare. We've seen it in in, uh, in big publicly traded companies has been a nightmare. We want nothing to do with it. Yeah, you can still take pride in something without putting your name on it. Yep. Unless you're Peter Molyneux and the entire Fable franchise. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother some some. But um, I just feel like the damage has kind of already been done with this because I mean we had all the headlines. It was on every single yep. you know what I mean game yep. outlet, and, gaming press. And people being like, go look, see Stadia. And it's and like also, that I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. What I was just gonna say is that uh in if we know psychology, people only remember negative events. And they do remember some positive events of insane proportion. But if you have something that's like 25% on the negative scale, you'll remember it more than something that's 50% the positive scale. So everyone, if they like, uh, if you were to look at in six months from now and ask, so like, oh, well, do you remember anything about Terraria and Stadia? People won't remember that it's actually on Stadia. They'll remember that it's not that the time that it, when it wasn't on Stadia. So as you said, the damage is already done. Yeah, and yep. all the, I bet most of the websites that probably publish the story have either not followed up to say that it's been resolved right. or they've yep. added some kind of low-key 
update to the article update. at the bottom. Terraria is actually going to be on Stadia, and then that's it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, uh, yeah, we see. And that all. doesn't change the headline. It doesn't change what shows up in the RSS feed. Doesn't yep. show up like. And he got what he wanted. He threw a tantrum on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he got what he wanted. A bunch of websites yep. retweeted him, and then suddenly, bugger, yeah. bugger all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are some good. I mean, the whole our whole relationship with Stadia itself accelerated very quickly based on the Twitter activity. So that can be a voice thing for the people where where a, a group of, of any community can come together, sort of retweeting and adding companies and getting them to respond. Although, thankfully, I, I was glad to hear that they had actually observed what we were doing and were interested in the game and were going to approach us because it's also not healthy to have like what you have with Terraria where an individual is basically rallying up a mob and then demanding things because that can get very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think Stadia just came to realize, oh, the people do care. Therefore, we'll approach you sooner. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. I, I don't think that it was uh, it was too much of a mob that was uncontrollable because it was just like it made sense. We want to go to Stadia. You guys want us to come to Stadia. So it's just like, okay, well, let's get going, you know? Yeah. So I think the biggest uh, thing for me personally with this is that obviously we've known from day one that this was nothing to do with Stadia. Him getting his accounts banned was nothing to do with Stadia. They just happened to be owned by the same company that run YouTube and what have you. And obviously the press ran with it that Stadia, that Stadia was kind of at fault here, even though they weren't. The way they worded it made it seem that way anyway. And I think probably because of this game coming to Stadia... I think Stadia might have actually been the ones that kind of jumped in to the rescue. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I yeah, I, I, that makes I sense. It also- probably would have got fixed at some point anyway if Stadia hadn't have intervened or if this game wasn't coming out on Stadia. But I think because of the implications it had on Stadia as well, it probably got resolved a little bit quicker than it would have anyway. And nobody's yes. jumping in Stadia because of it. It's- yes, and and you make a good point because the way that they've described to us how Stadia operates as a startup within Google. So, for example, even YouTube is a completely independent, it's its own company, really, and they have no way to do any special promotion or anything with us. I even asked them, like, now that we're going to be partners and we do any specific YouTube promotion, they said, that's completely separate. You, we might be able to direct you in the right direction. So not only does Stadia have nothing to do with it, but the fact that they were able to get it back on shows a lot in terms of, how much Google is willing to listen to Stadia. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you guys is what happened on Twitter? Did, did did he have like an individual account? I don't know the guy on Twitter or anything, but did he basically have a personal account on Twitter and he just started like going off and cursing and stuff? Or like what, what was the what, what happened? So he he on his uh, on his personal account, he okay. posted uh, a series of tweets that basically described that uh, a few weeks ago we got locked out of our account and uh, we've been trying to reach them and can't. And um, if you're, you're going to burn bridges, consider bridges burned. We're not yeah. coming to Stadia. And he said, I will have nothing more to do with Google and I am canceling my Stadia project and I wash my hands of you. But... He didn't pull down any of his very lucrative money-making apps. He didn't withdraw the ability for anybody to buy them further. So he basically took a principled stand against Stadia for no reason. 
which then immediately followed with all these, you know, Wired and Kotaku and, you know, Google Stadia kicks people. No, Stadia, nothing like this. Wrong. Wrong. It, it got the, it got what he wanted. He threw his tantrum. He got this game. He, and then he's like, magnanimously, we shall allow you to have Terraria on Stadia, even despite the fact that I'm sure there were yeah. contracts okay. that were signed with penalties that would have implied that they. Yep. This was the this was the end of this anyways. As a person who just recently signed a Stadia contract, I'm sure you're aware that you don't just walk away nope. from a contract with a an organization as large as Google. Nope. Yeah. So. And that's just that's that's just such a prime example. Such a mess. Oh god. Uh, anyway, well, let's let us very quickly breeze past two other one a mess and one not a mess. Uh, even though a mess of a game. Oh, that's horrible. No. Um. So uh, there was also this big, huge expose that came out last week about Stadia spent all this money on these things, and they canceled some very high-profile projects, including a Hideo Kojima exclusive and all this other stuff. And Google basically said, "No, none of that's true. We've <laughs> never had a with any of these people." Completely false. Uh, once again, though, the damage is done. Everybody's yep, like, "Yep, the damage Google is done." It. Google canceled a Kojima project. They're yep. stupid. Yep. I I actually I saw the coverage of this on Brian's show, the Nerf Report, and yeah, they literally just run with false narrative headlines. It's almost like a political thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's against it the clicks. Infuriating. Uh, but those of you who haven't, go check out Bryant's. Um, uh, go check out the Nerf Report. Supporter of the uh, member of the Stadia Source uh, 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 YouTube family um, because he did a fantastic article uh, about uh, or fantastic video on this. So check out the Nerf Report, yeah. uh, YouTube.com/slash the Nerf Report. Uh, worth watching. And then finally, uh, Gunsport, a really great game, a really great game, and one hand clapping, a game have received new updates. Uh, so go check out our coverage on StadiaSource.com. Universe Source proceeding news and reviews. You sure that. That's, I think that's a record for how you've shortened that now. So yeah, it's go check out all the headlines on Stadia Source. Yeah. It's uh, just gonna be so. Cool. <laughs> you know, you look at them and you see defenders of the world. All I see is my dad wearing tights. Tights he got from the Hot Topic. (laughs) So good. (laughs) All right. Now, the question is, do you recognize that quote? Nope. I don't think I've ever recognized it. Hi, Brian. Brian's in the chat. Hey, Brian. Welcome to the chat. Uh, That, uh, he was lurking and heard his name. That quote was from the movie Sky High. Uh, oh, I've seen that movie. I've man. seen that movie. That's a cool movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's... Uh, so you're really scraping now, Avery. <laughs> I, that was a good one. I googled I quotes it. about the sky. Okay, or quotes from movies. I'm looking like, for like something from sky. I looked for that. I looked for October Sky. Also a great movie. Yeah. Uh, Film. Very close to me, actually, uh, when I lived in Tennessee. Uh, so obviously, with Justin here, the hot topic of the night is gonna be sky climbers on Stadia um, and all of the the process. Uh, as we are writing um, sky climbers, uh, actually, I'm gonna pull it up for a live update. On yeah, the has sky it changed since we added it in? It has. Uh, you've gained another five hundred dollars. Two hundred. Nice. 
$61,844 with 47 83 backers and six days left to go. Based on an original goal of 25000 I think you guys are probably a little oh, happy with kind of where things are so far uh, in that. So just right out of the gate, before we got some questions we want to make sure we, we ask you. Um, and folks in the chat, if you have any questions about Sky Climber, about uh, uh, Sky Climbers um, and their process or the game or anything, post them in the chat. Uh, we will absolutely get to your questions um, as we go through here. Um, so just to start, what has been just your reaction? I mean, you guys are a small studio. Um, how many, number one, how many folks are in Paratope? And what's been the reaction to just the the climbing toward the sky of this Kickstarter? So it's been crazy. I mean, there's only two of us. So yeah, it's been very crazy. And overall, the process has been very, well, partially surprising. The internal goal for the campaign was always uh, 250,000. So the way that, so Kickstarter is a very strange thing is that if you have a Kickstarter, let's say we put a, a Kickstarter and I put a goal up for 250,000, um, it would be almost impossible to reach because people go, oh, 250,000, how the hell are we going to reach that? But what, happens is, right, but what happens is you hit 25,000 in day one. That was in my, in, in my calculations, that was the top one percentile of success. And I prepared for this Kickstarter for over six months every day. So in my top one percentile of success, we could do 25,000 in the first day. But we went way past that, and we just absolutely obliterated it. So the, the speed and intensity of the first week was something I've never experienced in my entire life. I've done a lot of uh, crazy launches with other companies and even with our game and stuff, and that was definitely the craziest thing of my entire life. But, um, yeah, I would say that in terms of the actual budget, uh, 25000 was basically a nightmare scenario. Like if we actually only got 25000 we would survive and get the game published uh, on our own. But it would be a lot of work still, and it would be a lot of uh, external through our 3D printing business or contract work just to get the game out. But really, the goal was 250000 so I think we're in a great place right now to deliver the game very quickly this year. Excellent. Uh, I am backer me. number five, by the way. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, and... Just to point out, because it sounds a lot better when you use that metric, you've reached 1.6 million Danish krona. So I'm Whoa. saying, wow. Whoa, we're millionaires. Millionaires. <laughs> you are, you are you millionaires in Denmark. But hey, <laughs> <the McDonald's laughs> moving to Denmark. There you go. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, we want to, we want uh, to, to tell it more about the game. Let's just start out with. The elevator pitch for 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 sky climbers. When you are trying to tell somebody, here's this game we're making, and it is about what's what's the what's the elevator pitch you give? So sky climbers is a multiplayer city building action RPG that takes place in a procedurally generated anime themed metaverse where you will build your kingdom, choose your class, team monsters, and explore a procedurally generated generated open world. With multiplayer, crossplay, and cross save. Ooh, nice. Like one of those monsters oh, being a phoenix, inspired by and partially designed by Miss Carlo Stream, right there. Bada boom. Uh, so you know, obviously, you know, you, you'd mentioned you have a lot of history in VR, and VR was um, originally kind of your angle for this, and obviously, it's been moving toward translating that into uh, traditional console game. What's been that process for you, and and what are you finding different about 
positioning this for VR versus positioning it for traditional consoles? Excellent question. So the VR angle was something that we took when we first started developing and, and beginning to think about publishing our own game because VR was a small emerging market. So from a startup standpoint, we could enter a small emerging market with relatively uh, low budget costs for development and produce something that could be very profitable. The problem is that VR as a platform hasn't matured and therefore the content is very restricted into uh, how you can create something and monetize it. So for us, the game that we're trying to make was harder and harder to make with VR. And as we got year two, year three into working with VR, really even year two, we started to realize we spend more time developing the actual interface for the technology than we do actually developing the game. So that was why we said we have to stop. We have to think about the game itself and forget about VR really, really until they can prove that the platform is, is, is stable and sustainable enough for a long year, uh, long term uh, sustainable ecosystem that is not subject to being replaced. Because what we've seen since the release of the first generation of VR headsets is a very fast kill rate where they're taking a new technology, testing it, and then killing it. Like the Oculus Quest is a brand new technology. They've already gotten rid of the old Oculus. They're not producing them anymore. So yeah, we had to switch to non-VR and it's been fantastic ever since. Ever since we switched to non-VR, the game took off. It really started to blossom and we were able to execute our vision much more clearly. Nice. Not not to mention, like, Vive is apparently announcing something this week uh, or next week. So there's probably going to be yet another thing. Um, that just, they just tweeted a teaser today. So uh, for the Vive? Probably, for the Vive. There, there might be uh, something is coming, was the teaser. So probably well, means they're going to do a standalone. Uh, well, of course. I mean, they're all going to move to standalone. But at the end of the day, the problem with VR, as I've said before, and the truth is, no matter if it's standalone, until it's literally on your retina in some sort of a contact or something, or it's just projected as a hologram into the world, these augmented reality, virtual reality things, they're all gimmicks because no one plays them more than two to four hours at a time. And our game is meant to be played like sit down, play for 12 hours if you really wanted to. And that's what most really, really, really successful games do is they, they suck you in for eight hours and you're just totally immersed. So, uh, yeah, we, we just probably thing? won't What's touch VR thing? for a long time. Yeah, right. And, and also, like, if you, if you think about uh, just the interactions, like, let's say you want to have a cinematic game. We have a cinematic game. It's a very cinematic game. How can you have a cinematic game when every cutscene you can stick your controller in the enemy's face? You can stick a controller. <laughs> and what people would always do is even when we would put all this time into making, like, this beautiful scene and making so people really ran into the right places – they end up sticking their hand to the floor or like just something <laughs> stupid. So VR is unfortunately not in a state where we want to touch it, but we, we are hopeful that in two to three years uh, we can come back to it and really uh, provide something that is uh, worthwhile to the community and as well as the developer, because right now it's just not worthwhile for a developer to come in and make a game like ours, a very complex game and uh, actually have a full VR score with body tracking. There's not enough money to be made from the, from the actual customers. And also the technical debt required to actually get it executed versus the hardware requirements to really do it right. It, the numbers just don't add up right now. Makes sense. Yeah, so um, obviously we know you're coming out on, uh, I, I know two cloud platforms at the moment, obviously one of them being Stadia and GeForce Now. Um, mm -hmm. Which of those platforms are you most excited for for your game to come out on? And also, which one was the most difficult to negotiate a release on as well? Spill the tea. 
Well, uh, in general, I remember the question. So from all the platforms to go backwards first, all the platforms that we've applied to, the most difficult to get into is PlayStation. Because to get into PlayStation, they have uh, more strict company requirements. I would say that when you look at the scale, it's like Steam, consoles, and, and, uh, and, and, and PlayStation. And then somewhere in the middle is Stadia and GeForce Now. Now, GeForce Now reached out to us personally because my thesis is that they're, well, obviously they're trying to compete with Stadia as a cloud provider. So they wanted to be the first ones to, to give us a contract before Stadia had even given us a contract. So it was like a Twitter war almost where GeForce was like, hey, you see what's going on with Stadia? Just throw these guys a contract, give them some cards. And then, so that, that went really quickly. And we were like, oh, sure, grab GPUs. Okay, we're coming. So, and also the fact that uh, obviously GeForce Now is a great platform. It's a very uh, cheap buy-in and a lot of people are open to it. People trust NVIDIA. I think GeForce Now is a great platform. But uh, when it comes to uh, Stadia, it was, I would say, and platforms in general, the most exciting platform for me personally would probably be Stadia. And that's from a genuine sense because it's the only platform that provides a really unique interface for its community and its players. Uh, crowd play, crowd share, state share. These features just don't exist on any other platform. I mean, you have things like screenshot share in, in, in console games and things like that, but you don't have full-on YouTube live premieres where you can have community members join into your live game. And since we are very much involved, and my, myself personally is very much involved with promoting the game on YouTube, and YouTube is one of the primary sources that games are promoted, and if your game is actually live in the, in the YouTube's uh, playtime and, and, and search algorithm, you're probably going to do very well in all markets. If you look at Minecraft or Fortnite or any other big gaming success like Valheim. So being able to deploy the game updates through a YouTube premiere that Stadia hosted is proprietary to Stadia and it makes it very valuable. Awesome. I'm going to skip around here on our list. Uh, what's your most favorite aspect of the game and why? So, like, why are you excited to share it with us? I'm definitely most excited about the procedural element of the game. The fact that the game is randomly generated is very attractive to myself because I've always desired uh, games that uh, essentially have no boundaries and are more sandbox oriented but also games that look really nice. So most procedurally generated games look, don't look very good. They look kind of like, uh, I don't know, they look like programmer art. No Man's Sky has come a long way. I think No Man's Sky has some really beautiful uh, aspects to the algorithm because it's a different algorithm fundamentally than ours. Uh, so ours, while limited in the sense that we can't generate full uh, voxelized spheres or planets, the, the detail of the maps is very robust and the actual consistency of the art style is maintained through the procedural generation. So for me as a player and a gamer, that's the most attractive part, generally speaking, about the game. Cool. Now, are you planning on just doing PG for the environments, the landscaping, or are you also applying that to any of your like buildings or yep. creatures yep. or anything like that? Nope. No, so the, the whole AI engine is completely procedural. They're completely randomly generated based on biomes. And to describe in a simple sense how the, the proc gen engine works is it's kind of middle out. You have a central biome, which is almost like uh, if you're looking at the top of a pyramid. And then as you go out from the center of the pyramid, the rings get larger and those are extending biomes. And then the final ring goes on forever. And that's how each continent 
is formed. And we have essentially a randomized number of continents that we can continue to generate. And that's also how we'll run like our season pass, for example. We'll generate new continents that have variations in them. And we'll be able to do that procedurally, but not affect your procedural world. And that's how the, the hybrid or pseudo MMO, you could call it, because we're not really an MMO. And this is a bit of a side tangent, but we're really not an MMO, but we're using hybrid features like the ability to have a persistent character through locally hosted co-op and then have another character for dedicated servers. It gives an MMO style of gameplay and allows the monetization model to be similar. Oh, got to change the battery. <laughs> no worries um we'll we'll give you just a moment uh folks in the chat don't forget if you have any questions for justin for peritope um uh, post those in the chat because we'll we'll take some time at the end to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity uh well i want to say everybody because i you know i'll choose the questions so it's not going to be everybody only if you support me getting an oculus quest uh but uh <laughs> make sure uh that everybody gets that opportunity if you haven't, and, and just as while while Justin's resetting there, um, if you haven't checked out the the Kickstarter for it, I mean, obviously just search Sky Climbers, all one word. Um, you'll see the Kickstarter, you'll see the trailers uh, with that lovely Stadia logo right there on the on the uh, the thing, which we love to see, um, and, and the stretch goals and all those kind of things. It's a fantastic looking game. Some of the creatures are just unbelievably adorable, um, and. Uh, and yes, Jim, there are going to be bears, and yes, I'm pretty sure they're going to be big enough that you could ride the bear. Because oh, the yeah. phoenix is actually big enough to ride, so... Yeah, yeah Maguma is a bear, he's a starter. You're going to see Maguma in, uh, I think, the next gameplay video. Or, if not the next gameplay video, the video after that, you're going to see a bear. Nice. You are going to see a bear, Jim. Bear with us. Bear with us. Bear with us. So, obviously... There, there's the the multiplayer aspect. There's the city building aspect. The, all that kind of stuff. Is there? Are you looking toward doing any kind of like a story or single player campaign yep. uh, to go along with that? Oh yeah. So basically, this is how this work. This will work in general. Is that the the world itself has the story embedded into it. So there is always going to be a story where you have these ancient artifacts that are spread around the procedural world and you're essentially just finding them, reconnecting them, and then building a planetary network so you can travel to other continents and planets. And that's where you'll also unlock new nuggets of the lore. Each time you, you find one of these temples or these pyramids, these artifacts. So there's that and then we also eventually want to do a story dedicated mode where we use some of our vtubers and like real characters from the game's metaverse and we have a directed story but that won't be until post initial release uh, for until release it's all embedded into the world something that you can experience alone or with friends good because i'm very much not a multiplayer person unless it's things like cake bash <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. I mean, <laughs> We, we want to make sure people can play the game completely offline and have the same quality of experience. Awesome. So obviously you've got a like multitude of different creatures and NPCs in the game as well. Um, what was it like trying to make them feel like organic within the universe? Like, was it difficult to do or? Well, we have a very strict formula. Anytime we add something to the game, essentially first, what dynasty is it a part of? We always talk about dynasties. We have the, the different elemental dynasties. So, like, let's say we were trying to add something to Rakuhito since it's Rakuhito week this week. We would look, does it fit within African culture? 
Does it fit within the Terra element, which is like rock or stone? Does it fit the visual design that we've established with the Rakuhito dynasty? And then lastly, would it live in the biome that we have? Or would it be architecturally uh, possible in the biome that we've created? So that's why also when we do stream, uh, we're able to produce like three or four full sentius animated in a day because it's like we follow a strict format. We have a very specific reference, uh, a specific concept. We execute the concept using the criteria and it's done. We don't linger. We, and we, we very quickly throw out ideas. If an idea is bad, we throw it out immediately. We were always trying to, re we, like if an idea is okay, we'd rather make a new idea based on criteria than try to fix it. I will say uh, we've got we've got some uh, team team for Yuko uh, for for Yoku in, in in the chat. We got some uh, Mozuko uh, Mozukai. I, I am terrible with Mozukai. Uh, yeah. I say, yeah. uh, and of course, Jem with the bear. Oh, hey, bear. you can see the emoji now. Yeah. Uh, somebody somebody post one of our emojis and see if it works. I think it's oh, okay. probably just their emojis, but somebody post just one of ours. If you're a member, if you're a member of the Steady Source yeah. channel, you can post emojis. Go try that. Uh, post Scarlet, it. I'm trying to get other people to. It's fine, uh, but we'll see if we can actually see it. Nope, nope. Steady is Scarlet. So, oh well, darn, it's fine. Uh, and and of course, Scarlet saying that you know Mozukai High Matriarch would appreciate your love for another guy. And okay. uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at chat. All right, we'll round this out with a, one last question, maybe. So there is a lot that you guys have planned, and I have voiced my concerns to you guys already before on Twitch, and you gave, you, you gave a phenomenal response, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot planned, and I know you guys have a plan for those plans, um, a roadmap, as they're termed. So I just kind of want you to, to put, put to ease some of the concerns that I know some of our, our, our viewers might have as well when it comes to this. Yes, I would love to address that. First, I want to say, is that the elemental diagram in your in the background? Indeed it is. Good, that sir. Oh, my God. That actually looks really awesome. I just noticed that. Can I see that? It's very big. This she is the, this is the first version, so it's it's still taped up, and it still has, like, its laser burns and, and all that, so I have to peel oh, off the mean, tape and stuff. But I mean, it looks awesome. I, I want Thank one. You. Yeah, I had to rework all of your... Uh, I had to rework all of your um, images into just simple lines, but yeah. Wow. There we go. Yeah, so Scarlet took the elemental <laughs> diagram from the game that we used to determine all the characters and um, resources in the game and, and created that. But so yeah, I don't want to divert from the question here too much. The So we're in round one of pre-alpha. There are eight rounds of pre-alpha that will end in six months when we enter alpha. Or, sorry, it ended three months when we enter alpha for, for PC. In roughly four months, we will enter alpha for PC. How we will do that specifically? Every round of pre-alpha has a specific feature set. We're going to be uploading a full public Trello roadmap later tonight. I actually reviewed it today after looking at your question. So, Excellent. Trello is a really good place to do that. Yeah, we use Trello for all, all everything with our business whether it be the game, the actual company itself has a separate Trello. For QA, we have a Trello. For our printing business, we have a Trello. So let's say, for example, we're in round one of pre-alpha. It's coming to a, a close, and we've kind of slowed down the actual deployment of pre-alpha so that we could accommodate the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. But in the case of round one, it's very simple. Single biome, infinite generation, a basic survival mm -hmm. game loop, and open world components. You've seen all those in gameplay videos, and we've demonstrated the engine 
Uh, we haven't shown you like a seamless hour long going through infinite, but that will be coming uh, just to prove to you guys that it is infinitely generated. And then in round two, we move into basic progression systems. And that will include the, the actual leveling of the character and implementing the skill tree and, and the skill tree for the Sentius. And I could go on and on for every single round. There's eight rounds. But the idea is that we hammer out the basics of the game within the next eight rounds. Now that the actual engine has been established over the last couple of years and the, and the basics of the game fundamentally have been established, we're now going to execute the mechanics uh, and then move into alpha, at which point the alpha state is geared towards networking and bringing all the development support from pre-alpha and networking into full-blown dedicated servers and uh, also having more robust co-op features. At that point, we then move to the beta state, which is early access. And at that point, we'll be ongoing and adding features to the game, but it's stable. It has multiple dynasties. It has multiple, uh, it has 400 centius. It, it has the, the class system. It has a progression system, it has multiplayer systems. So we have a very specific roadmap down to the nitty gritty. We plan very thoroughly. And the roadmap that you're gonna see is just one layer. We have three layers to the roadmap. That's the public or like the basic roadmap, which we look at from time to time internally. Then we have the detailed roadmap, which goes into each quarter and breaks out epics and feature lists for every single feature and a, a massive uh, element to the game. And then Excellent. lastly, we have a day-to-day -day and a week-to-week -week Trello board, which Excellent. we personally manage. And we've worked with actual dedicated agile scrum managers for years. We don't have one now because we do Kanban. We actually are the scrum managers. And I personally have taken a, a great deal of interest in Scrum and Kanban and uh, Kaizen and these other agile Kaizen. methodologies. So uh, we're very transparent about that. I mean, we want to be like one of the fastest games to ever do Kickstarter and ship. The, my goal is to be on all platforms by the end of next year and Kickstarter to be closed in terms of physical rewards by the end of this year. That's been my goal. Will we achieve that on the date? I can't promise that, but that is truthfully our goal because the, the whole trend of the Kickstarter game not coming out, I've said it before, I'll say it again, has to stop. It makes it harder for us. It makes it harder for every other developer. And also, over, grossly overfunded Kickstarters should not be promoted. Uh, we're very happy with the amount of money we raised. We, we do not want to discourage anyone from funding the campaign and getting a discount copy of, the, of, of any of our products because everything is heavily discounted unless you go above $1,000, essentially. Like basically, four games for 45 bucks. Exactly. I mean, so. the game is going to start at, I mean, recent FAQ. The game is going to premiere at $40 in early access. When we do full release, we may move higher. We may move to $50 or $60. So you're getting a hell of a deal if you back the Kickstarter. And everything that we've valued into the physical products has been very aggressive. So we, we want to try to hit more stretch goals, but by no means do we want to hit a million in revenue on Kickstarter. That is not what we're interested in. Because what that means is probably 20 plus thousand backers. That means 20 plus thousand 3D printed USB drives. That means 20 plus thousand emails that I have to send out manually with game keys. That means 25,000 times I have to take a USB stick and crack out the PCB to put inside some other thing. I don't want to do that. I want to work on the game. Tay just wants to work on the game. We all want to work on the game. You guys want us to work on the game. No one wants us to send 25,000 emails. So the idea is come in, destroy your goal, make a good amount of, 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 of your funding target, then say, okay, guys, that's great. Let's get a couple more little stretch goals and let's ship the game because everyone's better off if the game releases quickly and makes a ton of money then so that everyone can benefit. Everyone can play the game. The company can grow. The game can expand. But when you raise $10 million on Kickstarter, basically the, the CEO pays him $250,000. He pays himself $250,000 like in Chronicles of Illyria. 
which we'll get into how we're actually going to spend the money. And we'll never do anything like that. But the guy literally paid himself $225,000 to do nothing. So that's what happens. And then you get a game that never comes out. It turns into a money laundering scheme almost where they just take the money and don't use it for anything. And then no one gets a game. So we're, we think that the whole Kickstarter ecosystem, while flawed, can change the industry, but it has to be adapted. And to just continue my rant to how we'll use the funds, because I know that's another one of your questions. So yeah, go ahead. I don't know if you guys know, but we're working with a company called uh, Backer Kit. So most of the biggest games very popular like, for Kickstarters. Yeah, most of the biggest games that have come out in the last five years have used Backer Kit or Backer Camp to fund the advertising. So by the end of this thing, I mean, we're going to be fronting a heavy advertising bill upwards of $20,000 easily. And then on top of that, we have to pay Kickstarter their 5% share. Then we have to pay the processing fee and the taxes. Once all that's taken care of, the remaining funds, 70% we target to go towards development. That means paying Cages and myself a basic engineer salary of around $50,000 per year, rated for how long we actually work on the game. Then we'll hire an engineer at the same rate and then probably have a one to two other on or off contract workers within that 70% budget. And then from, from there on, we're going to look at probably, I think Scarlett's camera did the same thing. But uh, from there on, we'll take- a No, I just didn't want you guys to see me picking at my eye. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like quickly pick the no, no wait. <laughs> her eye. So, so 70% would go towards development, and that means all aspects of development ourselves, external developers, uh, contract workers, anything like that. Uh, 20% would go towards fulfillment of the campaign at a minimum. That number could easily be 30%. I mean, we're trying to be very uh, aggressive with our rewards since we're actually printing all of the products that are 3D printed and producing a lot of the physical copies to keep the cost down. But we're going to put aside at least 20 to 30% of the revenue after all the fees just for fulfillment. And then after that, we have about uh, 10 or so percent, 5%, which will go to marketing to sustain our growth so that we can launch in a strong state. And then another 5% will go towards infrastructure. So that means 3D printing technology. We need more printers. We need uh, multicolor printing, which is supported by something called the Pallet S. You can look that up. It's a very robust multicolor attachment. That's how we'll produce the rewards uh, down the line. And then also we'll have to invest in server infrastructure to the house here locally. We want to have some, at least a few hundred players to be able to get into our own servers would be awesome. So yeah, we've got, we've got a very strict budget and I actually, but since I expected us to in an ideal scenario at a 10% success rate, get to at least 250 K I have budgets for up to 500 K. So when we, when we, and when the campaign ends, we're basically just going to look at a spreadsheet that I've already made that says like, okay, we made 350 K. Okay. Here's the budget. It's not like we're going to be like, oh, wow, look at all this money we made. We were expecting this. And, you are and still it, allowed to say, look at all this money that we made. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay no, it's to revel in that, your success. But I am happy to hear that. Is, day, I'm like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I am happy to hear that. It sounds like you have a very solid plan. And as like a fellow business owner, that's like super important to have. Um, like when I when I started for my displays, like you, you see the money and like while at the same time you know what you're gonna do with it, it's still exciting to see that there's a monetary support behind this. So I do really appreciate the transparency that you're putting it all out there and you're letting us know what you're gonna do. Because it's really important for people who are backing a game on Kickstarter, really backing anything on Kickstarter, people just like to know what their money is going to be used for and to make sure that 
for all of your grand plans because you guys have a lot of stuff planned, which is fantastic. I love knowing that you have it detailed out to the smallest step that you need it to be. So that's very comforting for me. And it's also very understandable. So thank you for sharing put all that. On, put that on a sprint. Put it on sprint. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know we're, we're approaching our time. We don't want to take you too much longer, but I want to rapid fire some questions from the chat. Uh, and then uh, I'll, I'll go to a couple more from me because uh, it's a steady podcast. So I want to talk the steady side of this. We're going to keep it yeah. super quick. So rapid fire. Uh, Eli Levy asking, can you tell Sereza, are you targeting 4K60? I can't tell you that. I, I know of that. course. It's way <laughs> yeah. too early, Eli. It's way, way too, too early. early. Uh, are you targeting at least 72024? 24 <laughs> I, I honestly will not. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> what I'll say is that. Okay, okay that's it. Oh, that's all I'll say. I can nothing. 16K. 16K. What is your opinion working with the stadium team? Obviously, let's keep this one simple. Uh, have, have the stadium team been good to work with so far? Great. I mean, the guy Kirk, who I deal with, is a great guy. I mean, we're already on like a dude level. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on, dude? And he's like, yeah, dude, like this, this game looks sick. It's gonna be great. And I'm like, yeah, this is great work with you guys. It's it's awesome. They're very cool people. They're they're almost like a startup, really. In a lot of regards. Uh, uh, obviously, you already answered those. Bears, can we tame them? It's a big resounding yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Every, every also every animal, every sentius, every monster. There is a platypus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is there a penguin? Is there a penguin? Yeah, also, also if you're thinking, like, if you're curious, will there be this sentius? Sentius are based off of wherever they're from in the world. So, like, if we have a dynasty that's based on that part of the world, yes. Boom. Okay. Yeah, so we need Eli joining dynasty. me at 45. Good job, yep. Eli. Uh, and I see several folks who have mentioned that. Um, just quick questions. Obviously, are you um, you you've gotten at, or you're getting or have gotten access to things like the dev kit and the and the, the all, all that good stuff? Um, have you been exploring and are you anticipating? Do you have a strong desire to incorporate Stadia enhanced features? You obviously couldn't say yes, we're doing it, but is that on the far term roadmap? Very strong desire. How quickly we can implement them, I cannot say, but. Very strong desire, specifically crowd play. For myself personally, I'm a big YouTube person. Like I don't watch TV. I don't ever. I, I never want to have cable. I only watch YouTube basically. So, being able to premiere stuff on YouTube with the game and be able people join is just like a dream for me. Yep. Um, and are you considering, or has the door been opened to do early access on Stadia? Or just focus. Oh, it's on already Stadia done. Right already done. We're good. We're doing early access on Stadia. And I will you heard it you here on Stadia Source. Yes, and I will tell you guys a little nugget here is that uh, we are – I will say that we are looking at a very bright future with Stadia, and we are looking at an aggressive timeline. I won't say whether it will or will not be shorter, but based on how things have progressed, I think that Stadia is a sooner platform than we had thought. I won't say that we're changing our timelines, but it is something that I, I will say in an ideal world – we could do a, a coincided launch with Steam and Stadia. That would be ideal, but I won't say that we're doing that yet. We are we are happy for anything you won't say that you won't say, uh, but uh, fantastic. Uh, and yes, uh, folks in the chat agreeing. Uh, uh, crowd crowd play would be very very killer uh, for Stadia, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Crowd play just for the multiplayer aspect. Get in here and play with me. Of course. Yeah. Just super easy, right there. Do it, done, and you don't even have to wait to download the game because Stadia rocks. 
have you uh and last question is a good question from uh, the nerf report how hard is it to code in linux versus other platforms have you gotten into the adjustments you have to make for linux are you um are you unity are you uh unreal engine are you oh yeah, yeah something else yeah we're unity uh and also unity's got oh i will say one other nugget unity's gotten involved so unity knows about right. our game and they are now involved and they're looking they are looking forward to the game releasing they said so and they said we're looking forward to seeing the game release soon. So I think that's that Unity and Stadia are going to in the coming weeks come up come to us with uh, more news about how they're going to help us. We know we're getting free dev kits. We're going to get a bunch of free dev kits, so that's good. But awesome. uh, yeah, that everything else we're, we still have to wait to confirm the actual maker program makers program uh, annunciation. Uh, we can't say that we're in the makers program yet. I hope that that's true. Um, but yeah, we are, we are in, on our, on our way to, to being there and, um, yeah, it's all good. So for when we got, sorry, the question is Linux. So we've already started Linux development, uh, tests essentially where we take the code base, run it in a Linux environment. Uh, the game is built with the, the, the right version of unity to go to Stadia and, uh, to answer on the difficulty, it is, there is a difficulty barrier and it's a, it's a, it's something that is essentially labor, labor intensive. So. For us, we may even at some point hire an engineer to be working specifically on Linux compatibility for the code base in tandem with the development of the game, just so that that can be done with and that Tejas, our prim primary programmer, can focus on the game. So it is, I would say that the difficulty is less of a, it's just, it's, it's resource intensive. It requires development effort and time. There's, there's only so many dev hours in the day and there are only so many tickets you can knock out in a day. So, uh, well, uh, obviously, Sky Climbers, Sky Climbers, Sky Climbers, huge. Uh, you guys have just been smashing your stretch goals, and uh, and it is so good. You you added backers during the stream from the stream, so we'll we will call that a victory for you being on tonight. I am posting the link in the chat right now. So if you have not backed Sky Climbers, you got six days, folks. You got six more days. Can you can Obviously, Stadia. I, I do want to ask one last thing. I, I know we got to get oh, you out please. of here, but no, um, go ahead, please. Obviously, uh, the the uh, I, I, it would help if I could actually formulate a sentence that would make sense here. <laughs> um, the very very beginning of Sky Climbers. Obviously, it wasn't a hundred percent of people uh, backing for Stadia, but it seemed like Team Stadia just said, "This is a game we want," and they rallied yeah. together. What they was did. that like? What was that like for you guys to see these scrappy little Twitter community go, we're making this thing happen. And suddenly like you're guys like, what is all this hashtag team stadium stuff? Oh my God, the Kickstarter. Why do we have 500 notifications? <laughs> that, I mean, that was easily the most exciting time of my entire life. I mean, that was something I'll, I'll never forget the explosion that happened really and uh, overall, it was very inspiring because, like you said, this kind of little scrappy Twitter community came together. We got Google to answer us. We got NVIDIA to answer us. We got the game uh, to be a, a, a smashing success, the front page of Kickstarter. And it all came from a couple of Reddit posts and uh, really a bunch of Twitter activity. So it's amazing to see. And I would say that overall, the Team Stadia community has been one that's very open-minded, very adoptive of new ideas, very diverse in the amount of different types of people of world origin, like all different countries and, and ethnical backgrounds. And uh, it's just great to see. 
everyone's very adoptive and loving in this community. I think it's because Stadia as a whole is very platform agnostic. It's about just playing games in general. It's not about like PC versus console or Xbox versus that. It's about everyone just playing together on any platform. So Stadia overall has been kind of like the perfect community for us because our game itself is built around all these diverse dynasties that represent different parts of the world. So having a global platform that's platform agnostic that allows players to play on any device that allows any person in the world to connect with the game because it represents their cultural heritage in this different world dynasty uh, metaverse. It's like a perfect, uh, it was like a perfect storm of events. And uh, I don't, that's why also I was saying to, on, the, on the interview I did last night with uh, Chibese on uh, Cells and Circuits podcast is that I don't think other developers can come into the space and expect the same thing to happen. I don't think someone can come in and just say like, we're bringing our game to Stadia and the same small Twitter community just comes together and it just happens. I think that that's something that might never happen again. But that might be a good thing because in, in a way we can normalize Stadia and allow it to just be like, yeah, Stadia is another good platform. Let's all support it. It doesn't have to be like a crazy event, like, like the sun aligned with the moon and like it just happened to work. Because that's really what happened. I mean, I posted one picture of the dragon or Axos on the subreddit because someone on Twitter, like by the some random username, was like, oh, Stadia. They were like, well, what, what's Stadia? I said, well, the game's coming to Stadia. And then someone was like, oh, well, well, and they told three people. And then they told three people. And then I posted one picture of the dragon with the Stadia logo. And that went kind of viral. And since we have some Reddit, like we've done Reddit stuff that's gone viral, we knew how to work it. So we posted the, the poll. And then that went viral, too. So I, I think that a lot of things just aligned in the universe that were just probably won't happen again. But developers, yes, if you're a developer and you're listening for some reason and you're thinking like you're thinking for some reason, should I put my game on Stadia? Uh, the answer is yes, you should. It's not a dead platform. That was that the perfect is... answer to the final yeah. question, I think. Absolutely. Uh, well, guys, check out that Kickstarter. The link is in uh, the link is in the chat, and uh, their Twitter is in our uh, description of this very video. We'll also post it in the podcast as well. Um, it has been an absolute blast to have you on the show tonight, Justin. If people want to find Paratope on the interwebs and Skyclimber, where can they go? So the best way to learn about the game is probably to subscribe on YouTube. Just type in Skyclimbers, one word, on YouTube. And uh, you can find our website at uh, paratope.co. And that is our company website. Paratope.co. What is a paratope? Is it a thing? Oh, so that's interesting. Yeah. We actually yeah. have, a, we have a federal trademark on the word paratope as a, as, a, as a term used to describe a software company. But a paratope is actually a biological term that is used uh -huh. uh, to describe a, I think it's an antigen, which is essentially like a, a, a like a, a complex protein I believe it's component of the blood. blood. Yeah. And it, I work I, I work in blood banking software, so I am very oh, familiar with antigens. A paratope <laughs> called an anti antigen binding site is a part of an antibody which recognizes and binds to an antigen. And it is that Y shape that you see on their logo. Yes. Our logo is a paratope. And also one of the reasons that we chose the word paratope, and this might be a little bit of a stretch is that a paratope is very balanced. It has this perfect triangle of symmetry. And it also, uh, it works to balance, I believe something with the blood. I'm not, I have to look into it more to, to be more educated on this, but our company is built around sustainability. So I wanted to pick something for the actual logo and naming of it that represented that sustainability core value. 
And it's very frequently mistaken for paratrope. <laughs> very frequently called paratrope. Which is yeah, part of sure. a trope. Yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> why that is, but that's why sometimes we, we also, a lot of our fonts are very widely spaced. That's like how we design the fonts. So that helps, I guess, a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll talk in it. Uh, well, we appreciate you are a fantastic guest. Um, and you are absolutely welcome back on, um, as, oh, as time goes through and when we start getting to those early accesses and stuff, we will oh, absolutely yeah. have you back on. Fantastic. Uh, well, it, oh, I was going to say, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we appreciate everybody who's hung out with us and thank you for answering all those or for asking those questions. Uh, we hope that you, you learned a lot about, uh, uh, play sky climbers. I am, I am excited about this game. This game is like perfectly in my alley. This is my game. So, um, you will have me as one of those early access people guaranteed. Um, well, for those of you who want to see more awesome gaming content, you can check out the Stream Team Dream Team streaming right here all week long on the Source Feed Live, including Scarlet's Ready Gamer One at some point when when wood carvings uh, settle down. When I'm uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No worries. Uh, All Purpose Champs Power Up Plus, which is happening later tonight. F10 does Dad Time Gaming and Bruise and Bruises. Stadia's uh, Stadia Domination and Dawn by Daylight with Dawn. Blue Bob's Break Even Point, the hotspot with Mix. If you've been here with us live in the chat, we are super, super thankful for every single one of you that dropped by, said hi, uh, gave the shout out to Mazakai. Get the rhyme going. Mazakai! Uh, <laughs> and uh, so good to to have all of you hanging out with us as well. We also super, super duper support all of these folks that support Stadia Source on YouTube, including the folks in the Crystal Tier, the Platinum Tier, the Gold Tier, the Silver Tier, the Bronze Tier, all those wonderful folks that have bought us a coffee, and all those people who have been previous patrons of us. We appreciate each and every one of you. You can join us by hitting that Buy Coffee link or join us on YouTube right there as well uh that just leaves me to say good night to our roundtable panelists dan thank you for being on your show thank you for having me on my show uh scarlet <laughs> thank you for making this connection happen and uh and and getting us an awesome guest in justin tonight good to have you on the show as well Mazukai. <laughs> if you are listening to the podcast you can join us most thursday evenings right here on youtube and if you're watching us on youtube you can download our podcast on spotify pocket Casts, and everywhere else you get podcasts you can follow us on twitter and instagram at stadia source like us on facebook go back an awesome game on kickstarter and join our discord at stadiasource.com slash discord you can even wear stadia source when you are out and about by going to stadiasource.com slash merch hosting for stadiasource.com generously provided by rock you can find out more about the technical expertise provided by rock at rokk.co.uk. If you haven't already, down below is a thumbs up button that lets us know you liked what you saw tonight. And right next to that is a subscribe button that lets you know every time we go live. You can also become a member of the Stadia Source channel by clicking the join button below with uh, great perks at every level of your budget. Thank you for joining us here at the Stadia Source Roundtable. For Stadia Source, your number one source for Stadia News Reviews. My name is Avery, and I hope you have a good one. <laughs>